Welcome back to the Two Black Runners podcast presented by The Running Report. And today we got a really good interview for you guys. I'm really excited for this one. Like, I feel like this is our first time on a podcast. It's going to be interesting. You guys already know. That's why you clicked on this episode. And if you didn't know, you're about to learn about an amazing person, an amazing story. And, it's going, and honestly, it's like, join us on this ride, to be honest. Episode 22. And first off, I just want to say thank you guys for all the support and all the love that we've been giving over these past couple months. Like, I'm, I'm surprised that we're still going on this two black runners thing. But like I say, every single week, we're trying to get that 52 straight week in this first season and that's just a straight year of podcasts every single week every single two black tuesday and make sure you guys join us on instagram later today as we go live on instagram probably around five o'clock or somewhere around there join us on instagram and go live but let's just get right into this podcast let's get into the interview and like always i'm joined with a brother from the same mother aaron potts super hot potts aaron how how's it going bro how's it going yes sir bro i'm i'm doing great man i'm hyped for this podcast we've been really going at it it's crazy we're at number grinding we're at number 22 man and i'm excited for this one we haven't had a college athlete um in for a while on for a while and actually we got a legend we got a legend on today so this is gonna be a good one i think people are gonna see the name and they're gonna be like click let me let me listen to that real quick but joshua do your thing you know First off, right now we're coming in to California State Legend. When I say legend, I'm talking about you hear her name and you get like some some tickles on your on your, in the back of your neck or something like that. University of Texas graduate. She's a three-time Big 12 cross-country cross all-team, three-time NCAA cross-country qualifier. Overall, she's she's just a beast, bro. Destiny Collins joined the Two Black Runners podcast. Destiny, how's everything going? Everything's going good. I'm so excited to be here. I guess not physically, but just to be having this conversation with you guys. Um, it's been a little lonely here in Waco, so I'm excited. Yeah, that's that's... It's going to be really exciting just to have you on this podcast. Like we said earlier, this is the first podcast that you've ever been on. And like over this past like year, it's had to definitely be interesting for you with just like uh, like NCAA's outdoor season getting canceled, everything like that. And then you graduating from Texas and now transferring over to a new school in Texas, Baylor. Just how has your summer been? Basically, I guess, how, how has that been for you? Yeah, it's been a little crazy. So, I mean, track season just ended so abruptly. I didn't know that that was going to be like my last time ever running for Texas. So I was going through all the emotions. And at mm-hmm. the time, I applied to a few graduate schools and I was waiting to hear back. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know where I'm going to go to school. And then when I found out I didn't get into Texas, then everything just started going crazy. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I need to like figure out like what I'm going to do. And so I had to go through like the recruiting process all over again, which is like kind yeah. of stressful and crazy. And then finally I got accepted into Baylor and I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to go. Because like, I mean, I almost went here for undergrad. So like, why not go here for graduate school? So summer was kind of long since like, it seemed like it was going on since like March, but um, I'm finally getting settled into things. Uh, we just started week two school, graduate school. Um, it's a little hectic, not going to lie. Um, I'm majoring in uh, speech language pathology. 
And so since COVID, we don't have like in-person clients, which I'm really excited mm. for, but because I'm really scared, but it's, it's crazy. So I'm just trying to figure out how to manage my time and just roll with it. <laughs> yeah, definitely um, a time where you just got to adapt and definitely get used to being on Zoom, you know, just just talking to people, especially with what you're going to be doing. I'm sure you're going to be on Zoom a lot, talking to people. But also, I want to just talk, how how was going through that recruiting process in a, in a COVID time? Were you just talking to coaches through Zoom and, and email? Or how did people reach out to you? Yeah, so I didn't really know what to expect. But I was told to just, like, go into, like, the portal and just, like, see what's going to happen. And I was like, I didn't really know what to expect. So I'm like, who even, like, actually checks the portal? How often do they check it? But, like... I put my name in the portal and within like, I kid you not, like 10 minutes, I had like a few emails and like people were getting my number and like calling me and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. Like I had no idea like this many people would be interested in like contacting me and stuff. So I started talking to a bunch of different coaches a lot like in the SEC and like some of them I was like, well, like if you don't have my graduate like program, like I just like was like, I can't really talk to you. But like a bunch yeah. of schools set me up and so, um, yeah, I like had a few of like my favorites I was talking to, but then yeah, once I got accepted into Baylor, I originally applied there. Um, I applied to four schools, like, and so they were one of the ones I applied to. And so once I got in, I was like, I just want to end this recruiting process and just like mm-hmm. go here since I know I'm like automatically into my graduate program. So yeah, it was really crazy, um, but I'm glad it all worked out. I'm just curious. A lot of people, they go into college and they're like, I just went four years and I'm done. Like, I don't want to do anything left, anything else. Or they'll they'll be like down the road. They're like, I'm going to have to come back eventually. But just how important has school been for you? And now you're going into your fifth year. How important has school been for you like your entire life to like keep on striving for like better? Yeah. So um, I never really thought I'd be one getting like my undergraduate degree and then second now getting my master's I don't know why but I just like never really pictured it for myself so I know going into college I was like okay I'm gonna do my four years four years running and then like hopefully be done or like go like pro or something but I definitely did not want to do more school I'm like I don't even like school that much but of course me somehow I picked a major that like you need your graduate degree and I was like oh shoot I guess this is what I'm doing so like even like right now in my classes like I still can't believe that like I'm in graduate school like in like a higher education but I mean I'm figuring it out and I'm doing it so <laughs> yeah and you said you're on week week two of school how has that mm-hmm. been you know being like in this hybrid COVID environment is are most of your classes um online do you have anything in person or what has that been like yeah, so I have two classes in person, one on Monday night and then one that meets like twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then the other two classes, they're online, which is nice. And like, it's like kind of asynchronous, kind of not. Like we do like half of the like work on our own and then on Wednesdays we meet. And then my last class is clinical. So like that's when it's supposed to be like having clients and stuff. But we haven't started that in person, so we'll probably start that next semester. But this semester, we're going to be doing like SimuCase, which is like simulation clients, and we're supposed to be starting that next week. So it's about to get real busy, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, 
then how has the move just been over to Baylor? Like going on, you've been in a program for four years at Texas and now in a different program. Just how was it first off, just in your summer training this year, like struggling probably to get on a track or to anything like that for to keep on training? And then how is it now being at Baylor, the training there and everything? Yeah, so um, it was kind of refreshing, like when COVID hit, because then it's like, okay, I don't have like anything I need to train for necessarily. And I was just mm -hmm. like running miles, just like kind of having fun running with like some of my friends and teammates back home. And so um, my whole thing was once I like committed here, he's like, let's just like get you like up to like 50 ish miles and just like stay healthy no matter what. And so that was what I did. Um, just try to like build up my mileage slowly and um, hopefully once I get cleared in like a few days I'll finally get to start um, practicing with the team but uh, yeah it's been a very interesting um, since COVID and everything like that and making sure we have to all be cleared I haven't really got to like meet a lot of people or like really anyone on the team so that's like been a little sad because I just have like my two roommates and uh, they're both in the track team, but I can't wait to finally get cleared so I can socially distant meet everybody. <laughs> yeah, I feel that at the beginning of the pandemic, I, I got a new a new job and like it's all been through Zoom. I've had like mm -hmm. like a couple socially distant meetups, but it is definitely like it's definitely an adjustment. Like you don't have those like those little side conversations where you get to like meet people and get to know them on a, on a deep, on a deeper level. Um, mm -hmm. But with that going to Baylor, you're going to get this fifth year. Um, do you only have, you only have outdoor left or do you have indoor as well? Or yeah, I just have outdoor, but I kind of have two. I registered in my sophomore year outdoors and then COVID. So it's kind of working out because grad school for me is two years, but yeah, I got two outdoors. Awesome. That's it. Awesome. And that's interesting. Cause I feel like, that is a lot of people are going to be in that same boat as you where they got an extra year so like we might see a lot of like six six years in the in the mm. future but we wanted to ask like what what were some of your goals going do you have goals already in your mind for 2021 or what were your goals for 2020 outdoor that you didn't get to really pursue yeah so um goals for 2020 and I kind of forgot some of them, but um, I definitely wanted to run like in the 415 range for like the 1500, and um, I definitely wanted to get top three in both the 1500 and the 5k. I got third last year in the 5k, and I just bombed my 1500 and didn't make it to the final, so definitely didn't want that to happen again. And um, I don't know which event I wanted to do more the 15 or 5 5k outdoors but I definitely wanted to qualify to nationals in one of those two, probably the five kicks. I feel like I have more upside in that. So um, it sucks I didn't get to accomplish those goals, but I'm looking forward to trying to accomplish those goals, but even better here at Baylor. Um, I definitely have my eyes set on that school record of the 1500. So um, I think they have like a point system here at Baylor where like mm -hmm. we score so many points, like whether it's like a school record or like winning like big 12, or being an All-American, you get to, like, be, like, posted in their, like, walkway in the training room and stuff. And so I definitely, like, want to score some points so I can be up on the wall. So that's my oh, goal, that's, oh. too. <laughs> yeah. That's a good motivator. Like, mm -hmm. 
guaranteed guaranteed yeah. legacy left behind. But exactly. also before we get deeper into the podcast, and as Joshua would say, get into the meat and potatoes, we also want to you know get to get to know you a little bit, like your background. Um, me and Joshua, yeah. we we saw you at Great Oak. You know, you were mm-hmm. you were like a legendary at, at Great Oak. Um, but we wanted to ask you, like going back to those times, like who was that person that impacted you the most in your life and inspired you, whether that was um, on the track or just like in life in general? Um, I think the person who's impacted me the most is kind of like a two for one. Um, I would say my sister and my dad, they just both worked really, really hard. And I know my dad he's made so many sacrifices and, I first actually, like, played basketball. So he was, like, my basketball coach back then. And, like, mm. he just always taught me about, like, working hard, you know, like, just, like, grinded and out. And so I've always did that in sports, and he's always just taught me that, like, in life. And so definitely um, he has a major impact on me. And then also my big sister, Brittany, she's, like, seven years older than me. And, like, I've just, like, always wanted to be like her, like, a good student, a good person. And so, um, yeah, really thankful for those too. And then what, since you played basketball beforehand, what got you into running? Like, when did, when did that, when did that running bug really get you at one point? Yeah, so I started playing basketball, like, kind of seriously, probably around, like, seven, eight years old. And then I played throughout middle school. And in middle school, they make you run, like, a mandatory mile, you know, like, once a month or whatever. Yeah. So I first started off really slow. Like, I thought I was so fast. I ran, like, 9.37 for my first mile. And I was like, dang, I'm kind of moving. And then I realized, like, all these people are running so much faster than me. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to train, but, like, I'm going to, like, not let these people beat me. And so, like, my whole motivation yeah. was just, like, don't let these other girls beat me. I want to be the fastest girl. And so just, like, naturally, I just kept getting, like, faster and faster. And so I think by the end of, like, middle school, I got my mile time down to, like, 6.06. Just from, like, on Mondays, you had to, like, run, like, a mile and a half or something like that in, like, a certain amount of time. I can't remember what, how much. And so um, my mile time got down fast. And so um, the middle school coach would send all the fastest mile times to my high school coach. And so then he had all the, high, the fastest, like, times and people coming in. And he would have these T-shirts made, and he would um, have the varsity girls and boys like go to the fastest people's houses and be like, "Hey, you should join the cross country team." And so, um, after my eighth grade promotion, I was like at home chilling, and then like the doorbell rang, and I opened the door, and they're like, "You should join the cross country team." And I'm like, um, "Okay." And I was like, "I don't know if I want to do it," because in my mind, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna do volleyball, then I'm gonna do basketball, and then maybe I'll try track." And so I try out for the volleyball team freshman year. I make it. And then he's still asking, like, hey, do you want to do cross country? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And he's like, okay, you can either be a varsity cross country runner or a freshman volleyball player. And I was like, hmm, if I'm a a varsity cross country runner, I get a letterman's jacket. So I'm going to do varsity cross country. And so (laughs) I started running. um, And it's like I just slowly got a little better. And then I ended up being, like, top seven my freshman year. And then, sadly, I got a stress reaction, so I didn't get to, like, compete at state and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's why I got into running. And then track season happened. I ran, like, really well, broke some school records. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm kind of good at this. Got some college, like, letters in the middle. I'm like, okay, let's just stick with this and see what happens. So, here I am now, not looking back at it. <laughs> What's really crazy, like, I didn't know, uh, like, that – 
if you guys didn't know what uh, high school she went to, which is Great Oak High School, I'm pretty. If you're if you're a runner, or if you've been in like running high school or anything like that, you've heard of Great Oak and their dominance. Uh, I think they're like they're isn't one of you guys like models like world domination uh, right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. Like, that, that's what, that's what Great Oak's about, and a lot of a lot of programs, especially I would I would expect that in the football, like to have like. Uh, to have like some captains visit like some eighth graders or something like that to get them on the team, like people that are around their city. But just talk about like the atmosphere of Great Oak because you guys are definitely different. Like I said, world domination, that's what you guys are all about. How was it like being on such a high profile team like that in high school? The crazy thing is, is like it seemed normal to be on the high school. I mean, a high like profile team because like that's all I knew. Um, mm-hmm. Coming into like my freshman year, they had won one state title, and so they're like, "Hey, like, who are we gonna build for our next state champions?" And so like it was really competitive, and like we all just like bought in, like, "Hey, like, if we train hard, we can be state champions." We get like the fancy state rings, and like we just yeah, we just bought in, and like it was really competitive and. Honestly, looking back, it was kind of crazy because, I mean, we, like, worked so hard. Like, sometimes I look back at my training, I'm like, I don't even know how I did it. Like, it it was intense, but, I mean, I'm a fan. I mean, it got me to where I was today, and so I'm really thankful for it. Yeah, I think it's always cool, though, too, like, in whatever level you're at, if you enter onto a team where the standard is already like excellence and, and greatness and it just seems like normal you're not gonna really you're not gonna settle for anything else and i'm mm-hmm. just listening to your story like i already know you're you as a person you ain't gonna sell for nothing else because you ran a 606 mile <laughs> just because you didn't want to lose to people in middle school <laughs> you but like, I, ain't gonna play, like but I am not gonna lose i'm not gonna lose so you were already like a naturally a, a, a dog out there on the track so like i could see how great oak would be like a good pairing for you and like why you were so successful there um when yeah so would you say like after your freshman year was that when you were like all right i'm fully invested in this like i want to go to school and do this maybe even go pro in one day and do this yeah so freshman year definitely like I got my foot wet and I was like, okay, this is like pretty cool, but I wasn't like totally invested yet, I would say. And then sophomore year started and like, I was still like doing good, but it was like after my sophomore year, like I first got like invited to Brookshire my sophomore year and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. But like, if I like have a good summer of training, like I could be like one of the best people in the country. So um, Mm -hmm. I would definitely say junior was like my turning point as far as like confidence and just like um just like growing up to like you know like just like developing and stuff that ended up being a really good year and i was just like yeah let's do this let's run fast break some records try to get a good college to notice me and have fun really too yeah and as you just like name off going to brooks pr like so nonchalant and breaking school (laughs) records and everything you're definitely like you were a superstar athlete in high school like you had a lot of media attention around you and i remember i'm pretty sure when i was a sophomore you were a senior and so i remember seeing you race like at uh at the riverside course like your senior year and then at cif finals and everything like that and seeing you all around and everything i I got the mount sack meet 
But then I, what I really wanted to talk to you about is like, how was it like handling like that pressure of being of such a high profile athlete? Because we see, I, I feel like high school athletes, especially in running, they're almost more famous than professionals. But then <laughs> I feel like in, in your position, especially like, I remember I was telling Aaron about this earlier. I remember people on my team or just like girls in general at that time, they were fangirling over you, Destiny. Like Destiny <laughs> Collins was a superstar. Like I was comp- right giving this comparison to my dad the other day. Like Claudia Lane, all respect to Claudia Lane, but Claudia Lane, well, she was beast. Like people saw Claudia Lane and she was like, dang, like she's crazy. She's just as fast as the guys and everything. But then girls, like they seen Destiny Collins, they were like, man, Destiny Collins is fast. Like, she's beast. I want to be just like Destiny. Like, I remember some girls that are like, I was like, why do you guys love Destiny Collins so much? Like, man, she's fast and she's like pretty. Like, you're like a celebrity to people. Like, how was handling all of that at such like a young age? She had, like, the, juice. A, a, yeah. she had the juice. She had the juice in high school, bro. She had that swag. <laughs> that set her apart. Yeah, um, it was kind of crazy just like going through it all because I think like that's also I feel like when like social media was starting to get big and so like huge, I mean like Miles Split and Flowchat really you know how to like they know how to hype somebody up and so like it was a little bit of pressure but like honestly like I think I just like at that time I just had this like little confidence that like it was like hey okay like cool like I remember um my friend had uh her name on Twitter as like Queen Pear or something like that. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like she doesn't run or anything like that. But I was like, you know what? I want to like counteract that. And so I named myself like the Destiny Collins and like it blew up. And I was like, okay, I guess I just got to like own this and like walk in it. And like, at yeah. first I didn't understand like what was going on. Cause I would go to meet and people like, hey, can I take a picture with you? And I'm like, why would they want to take a picture with me? Like what? Like I'm not <laughs> a celebrity or something. But I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, it's just like flattery and like people are like, oh my gosh, I look up to you. And so like, it just kept me going. And so at some time it seemed like pressure, but I think you just have to like learn how to handle it. And I think um, just with like having like my coaches also, they like know how to like make sure my head doesn't get too big and just like remember, remind me like, hey, you got to run well. Hey, you got to like keep your head down and focus because I mean, you might be like a defending state champ, but like they're not just gonna like give it to you. You might have like run this time, but it doesn't mean people are just gonna like let you win the race. You know, you still have to like work hard. You don't know what other people are doing, and so um, yeah. Yeah. What did you learn most from just like your time at Great Oak and being being at that being at that time where you guys went to NXN and everything? What did you learn most? You think from high school? I think I learned the most um, is like what you put in is like what you're gonna get out, and so. Um, if you show up every day and you work hard and like you do the little things, like you're going to be successful. But like, if you just like give it like 50% effort, like you're not going to like do well. And so like, I know for me, we'd always like sacrifice things at the end of the year, like for cross country. So like there'd be times where I was like a donut team back then. And so like my coach was like, Hey, like no donuts for like the next six weeks. And I'm like, Damn, that sucks. But, I mean, like you just gotta like make those sacrifices and just like, yeah do everything you can to be successful and so i think that's what i would definitely say i've learned it's just like what you put in is like what you get out you can't have like a bad diet and expect to run well you can't like not sleep and expect to run well so just like doing the little mm-hmm. things on top of having like confidence have you been eating donuts during the quarantine though 
surprisingly, no, I have not. Um, I've been eating a lot of quesadillas during the quarantine. I don't know why, Go but ahead. something about some tortillas <laughs> and some cheese and then dip it in some guacamole, easy. man. Yeah, it's easy and like, it's a great snack. So I've been having a lot of that. And then as far as sweets goes, mm, I am always down for some cookies. So I like cookies and then ice cream too. Not together. I mean, I could have it together, but usually it's separate. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I feel that. I'm a, I'm a cookie fiend myself. But um, I also was, we wanted to go into, so after Great Oak, you know, you're, you're coming off of like, like Joshua said, like you were five-star re- recruit and you decided to go to U- UT for uh, for college. What went into that, uh, that choice? Because we had Mariel Hall on here that, and she was like telling us about the reason why she picked UT. Was she one of your? Was she someone that you looked to? Um, did you were you a fan of hers at the time, and, and that influenced you at all? Yeah, so I didn't know much about Marielle before I committed to Texas, but I remember like Coach Herpster, which is the coach who recruited me, telling me about her and how she like won nationals and helped her develop. And I was like, okay, cool. But for me, I had like a bunch of really good schools in front of me, and when it came down to picking. It was between Baylor and Texas, actually. And I was, like, very, very close to going to Baylor. But I liked how um, Coach Herpster and Coach Mario, they really, like, sold me about how I could, like, change, like, the face of, like, Texas, you know, because they're really known for, like, their sprints. And I was like, you know what? Like, that'd be really cool to, like, help, like, build their distances on top of them being, like, a powerhouse team already. Like, they already win Big 12 titles. And so, like, I who doesn't want to be a part of a winning culture you know I mean like I came from great up like we're used to winning like I don't want to go somewhere like that's not like winning or at least like trying to so that was a big factor and then also just like in high school I loved how like flashy Texas is like they know how to spoil you and I was like I like to be spoiled so I want to go to Texas (laughs) and so uh yeah um it it was a good experience for sure and then how was that first year transition as a freshman going in? I know that, that can be t- tough for any person, to be honest, but how was that for you going into your freshman year? Oh, man, it was tough. It was so hard. Um, I came in, like, a little banged up my freshman year, and so um, I was finally getting my the groove of things at the end of cross-country season and then having to go – like take a break and then go straight into indoor season I've like never done indoor and I really have never even like taken like the like winter time really hard and so like yeah just being like expected to run so fast was like such a shock to me and like I wasn't really running well and I was like oh my gosh like I don't know what to do and like training was so hard for me I know like in high school we did a lot of miles but it was pretty slow but like going to college I did like less miles but so fast so like every day just felt like a workout and I just remember like mm-hmm. going to races and just feeling so tired and so like I'd run and I didn't run well and I just remember like calling my mom all the time just like crying like oh my gosh mom this is so hard like did I make the right decision and stuff and so it was really tough for me not gonna lie and like I definitely like considered transferring but my mom and dad like did not let me they're like no like you need to like stick it out and so definitely just like um I think it's like you just need to remember that like things might not go your way and like 
you should just like have like an open mind to it. Don't like put like too much pressure on yourself. Cause I think I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, okay, like, let's just like go out here, run fast. Let's try to break some records and just do like all these things. And like, you don't necessarily have to do everything you want to accomplish like year one. So. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely something I feel like people go through with any, any transition, whether it's, you know, school, work or like a relationship or something like that. It's never really going to be exactly as you want it. And I definitely feel like in, um, you know, in sports in general, too, when you're coming from such a high level, you want to immediately make that impact. And I think that's cool what you're saying about Texas, because it's like you're going into it thinking like, yo, our our sprints are already cool. So if I can help build this distance program, maybe we can win like NCAA like championships and like create a mm-hmm. dynasty. So I can see how that could be a really big like selling point. Um, but what is what is something that you would tell like other other star like senior athletes that are going into their into their uh their first their first years? What advice would you give them? Yeah, I would say and this is like literally what everyone always says too. And at first I didn't like understand it, but now like, you know, being like a fifth year, I understand. But like people always told me like high school and college are different. And, like, you have to, like, remember and, like, remind yourself that, like, they're different. Like, you can't, like, mm-hmm. base, like, what you did in, like, high school, like, what you're going to do in college. Just because, like, probably, like, if you're really good in high school, like, you're at the front of your races, you know, they're not as competitive. And then you go to college and, like, there's so many people just as good as you, even faster than you. And so, like, you have to get used to, like, different racing styles and, like, just, like, not knowing who's going to be really good in your race, which usually is everyone. And so um, just yeah. having to, like – get used to that like I just remember like going to races races in college and be like oh my gosh like why there's so many different people like around me like running with me like what's going on just like freaking out and like having to like get used to like you know just racing with people and so um I would definitely just tell people that like you just need to um yeah separate like high school and college and then also just like still have confidence in yourself though like don't doubt yourself because there's other good people with you just like believe in your training believe in yourself and you should be good i know i know aaron referred that to like high profile high school seniors but i feel like that also refers to like somebody that was like mid-pack in like high Mm -hmm. school and now went to college like to say that like uh high school is different from college because i've seen people that just weren't the greatest in high school then like first year of college they're now just pumping out great times like they put in Mm -hmm. the work they put in the training and like every like what they did that what that coach put for them in college was able to really like transition and like have like the best seasons of their life and then as you you mentioned like that hard freshman year what was the key to like getting to where you were at right we're at the end of texas where you you had some pretty successful seasons you finished like all region all region couple years in cross country and you're finishing like top three in big 12s and everything what was really the key to get to that point honestly just confidence like running is so mental and I think really most sports are like it's mental you know like you can be in shape but if you're gonna like psych yourself out or like if you're gonna like be defeated before you step on the line then like you're not gonna do well and so I had to really like have a gut check and like a reality check like hey like I might not be that fit or maybe I am really fit but like it's all about like what's going on in your head and just like remembering reminding yourself like hey I could do this um 
my new coach had this like phrase I, I always said in my my head it was like the faster you run the sooner you're done kind of thing like just like hey mm-hmm. and then another team told me like 40 percent which is like even like when you're tired you still have more energy and so like mm-hmm. i had to like keep telling myself like hey like i'm tired but like i can keep going everyone like is just as tired as me so just like really working on the mental is like i think what helped me get to where i am today most definitely and that's why i love sports because like that mental aspects of like teaching you to persevere um through hard times like you can just go through through life like you use that in life whenever something is just like hard and not like not going your way um to be able to persevere like because yeah it is okay to recognize like yo like i'm tired right now like this is tough but like that doesn't mean you can't, that doesn't mean you can't do it. That doesn't mean it's it's the end all be all because mm-hmm. you have that willpower. Like as long as you're like, okay, like I'm tired, but you know, this is the, this is the game. This is the race. And you keep going, you keep going and you persevere. I think you're always going to find success. But um, fast forwarding a little bit back to this year, what was like your initial reaction when your indoor season uh, got canceled and then right after like yeah outdoors and the whole everything just shut down yeah so when indoor got canceled I just felt so bad for my teammates you know I just remember like seeing like the Harvard Harvard people like not going and I was like wow like that like really sucks and then like once it got canceled I was like dang like maybe they're smart not to go because I can't even imagine like being like in the arena like warming up and stuff and like hearing it got canceled yeah, and so nice. when it got yeah. canceled I think I still had like a little bit of hope like things are gonna go well and like we're gonna somehow have an outdoor season but once the NBA canceled I was like okay oh. like th- this is it and so yeah once it got canceled I had all the feels man because like it's senior year so I was really hoping to like run something really crazy also like mm-hmm. Texas relays um when you're a senior, you get to, like, go in the field, you get to see Bevo, our mascot, and get these, like, huge, like, uh, placards with, like, your um, your uniform and your family gets to come on the field. And so, like, I was looking forward to that, you know, four years. And, like, I didn't get to do yeah. that. And, like, all the other stuff that comes to, like, you know, graduating, like, shoot, just, like, going to graduation. And so, like, I didn't yeah. get to, like, experience all these things. And, like, that really sucked. But, um yeah, it was it was a tough time was, uh, having to deal with, it, especially like once I realized that like I was never gonna get to like run in the burnt orange again. I was like, dang, like I'm glad it ended like at least like on a high note, you know. Um, I did really, I did pretty well at the conference championship, and like we scored like the most points ever like in history at, at the indoor Big Twelve championships. So that was really fun, but yeah, I was really sad once I realized I was gonna have to move on from Texas for sure. Yeah, that had to be like an awkward time for all the seniors figuring out like, oh, you have an extra year now. And it's like, well, am I, am I going to use it? Like, well, what about mm-hmm. this year? Like, is there going to be a, a, a Olympic trials? Like, what's what's going to be next? And what are we going to what am I going to do? And especially for you, like, you know, trying to get your master's, like find the school. So I know that had to be uh, really tough and hard to deal with. What what advice would you give to um, high schoolers, actually? High schoolers going through 
through this time where their their seasons are being being canceled as well. Yeah, I feel for the high schoolers, honestly, especially those that like would have been juniors this year and like now they're about to be a senior, like going through the recruiting process. Because like, mm-hmm. I know for me, junior was like my breakout year, and so I was like, dang, I can't even imagine like not having like the marks that you want going into senior year and being able to talk to coaches. But I would just say like be optimistic and um just do what you can to like kind of stay in shape right now and just also um go with your heart about like what school you want to visit because I, I imagine they can't do official visits too so you can't even like go on the yeah. campus and like see everything so I would definitely just be like um messaging people like on the team trying to get like a better feel for like the school and then um asking coaches their opinions too I know my coach was heavily involved in my recruiting process because I did not know what I was doing so I was like please help me help me help me but um yeah definitely just I would say like be patient be optimistic and um yeah and I this especially like right now is being patient it has to be like number one thing and then just for like an NCAA athlete this has to be there's there can be a lot of like turning points right now for NCAA athletes where it cannot be like this. It may not be the same after this year, like honestly, or in two years going down. It's plus on top of that, you had COVID choosing where you want to go, running like school now, but then plus like the civil unrest that we had to see at the, be, at the beginning of COVID. And now just recently, what, two weeks ago with Jacob Blake, how has that just all been for you? And what has just been like, what have just been like your reactions to most of the things that have been going on in the U.S. right now? Yeah, it's been crazy for sure. I just remember like before, um, I guess you could say the start of this movement, I was already feeling like kind of uneasy. And like once I saw like the George Floyd and incident, like it just, I just remember it got like really hard for me to like eat. And I just felt like really sad. And like, it was just like mm-hmm. so tough, like, like, how like this is all going on you know like and stuff like you see like we learn about it in history but like to be like living through it like is crazy and so um I'm really thankful for like the teammates that reached out but then I know at one point my coach was like hey like you need to like take a break you know from like social media like it's like it felt like it was like exhausting you know like just, yeah. like seeing everything that was going on and so at some point I had to like take a step back and like you know like work on my own mental health and just like process everything that's going on and have like those tough conversations but um yeah it's been a weird time I I can definitely say but um I'm definitely thankful that um people are finally starting to speak up and that um other people are starting to get like a new perspective I think that's one of the biggest things I'm I want to come out of this I guess you could say is that like just because another person hasn't like experienced racism doesn't mean it doesn't exist, you know? And so I think mm-hmm. it's like everyone just like understands that like what we're going through as black runners and black people that if they just see it and like not try to like judge them or like try to, I don't know, just, yeah, just have a good perspective, be open, be empathetic and yeah. Yeah. And I definitely feel you on that Instagram Instagram uh, thing too. It's definitely like 
like seeing someone get killed that looks like you for really like no good reason is very like traumatizing and you just keep on seeing like to I mean especially like I just feel like as a black person like I mean mm-hmm. like it's just it's just very it's traumatizing and I feel like you don't even you don't even realize it you know you get so lost just mm-hmm. scrolling you're looking at all these negative things that are kind of triggering and even if you like numb yourself like that stuff it it definitely like affects you like negatively and I, and I mm-hmm. recognize that in myself I've, I've had to have I've had to have um times throughout this whole everything that's been happening where I've had to like step away from my phone and like not think about things I'm still I'm still working on I'm still working on that because like I be getting I be getting too mad I be getting too mad and I'm like mm-hmm. bro I don't, I don't need to be looking at all this stuff but at the same time I'd be like I do need to be looking at all this stuff so yeah. it's hard to it's hard to really like find that balance. Um, but I also wanted to talk like I saw the video that you did with Ben Crawford, like talking on your experience, and that was one of I feel like me and Joshua didn't really realize when we were doing it. But when Ahmed Aubrey happened, and we just went off the cuff and just talked about it, like that was like one of the most powerful episodes um, of Two Black Runners we we had. And I just wanted to ask ask you like. Growing up, especially like when you're at Great Oak, you were a star in this, you're a star in this sport, but you're like, so you're like a minority. There's not really like, especially in, in cross country, there wasn't really any other like uh, black black female like standouts uh, like you. So how, how has your experience just kind of been like in the, in the running world too? Yeah, so... The crazy thing is, is like, obviously I knew I was like one of few like doing the mm-hmm. sport, but I also just, I guess I didn't know that other people did the sport, if that makes sense. Like, I thought maybe like I was just like the outcast, like a black girl, like running distance, you know, because like people would walk up to me and ask like, hey, what sport do you do? And I'm like, oh, track. I'm like, oh, you're a sprinter. And I'm like, no, I, like, I run distance. And so like, um, it definitely was like, eye-opening like realizing that like I'm like one of few and then also just like the stereotype that came with it too like oh like she must be like African or something because she's fast or like just like other like little things but um it definitely was nice to eventually see like runner like pro runners that are like black and like doing well or like in college running doing well too to like make sure like I know that like I take up space and that, like I'm good and like I'm valued I know just for me um just having girls like message me and tell me that like I inspire them was like one of the huge things that like kept me going um because then I realized like I'm not just doing this for myself I'm doing this for like the little girls that like want to race after me and like um just also take up space in the sport um, that's always been, I think, one of my highlights and favorite things to happen to me is just hearing people say like they're inspired by like what you do. Um, yeah, I can definitely relate to that, and especially like seeing other African Americans like in the sport doing the same distance as me. But especially just seeing like if I see another African American like person in my cross country race or like 
in in my 800 or my 15 it's all like man we really we really out here it's a sense of like yeah. acknowledgement if i if i walk next to you like at a cross-country meet we're definitely gonna lock eyes and we're gonna like we're gonna yeah. get the, the head nod like i think it's just it's kind of just like it's a sense of acknowledgement that like you have to give to at some point because there's really there's really uh not a lot of us out here and it's 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 crazy like when you think about it i feel like there could there could be more but it's crazy that uh, i think running could definitely change uh for sure but then as like you see like these uh pro runners uh african-american runners and then even just not African-American runners, as they start standing up more for like the Black Lives Matter movement and more protests and everything like that, you being a younger athlete, you're still in NCAA, like how has that been for you to see like runners speak up and like use their platform? How is that to seeing people like Noah Lyles and Marielle Hall with like her article and Rebecca Mara and countless others that have been like trying to stand up for social injustices? Yeah, I'm a huge fan for it. I mean, like, as uh, those shirts say, and as people say, like, you know, like, we're more than an athlete, you know, like, we're black first and, like, an athlete second. And so, yeah, just being able to, like, use your platform is, like, huge. Because, I mean, I don't think you realize it, or, like, even I forget, like, that, like, we really do, like, have a platform and, like, a lot of people look up to us or just a lot of people just follow us and, like, like look at, like, what we post. And so, mm. I know sometimes I was like, shoot, like, I don't, like, know, like, not necessarily know what I want to say, but, like, how I want to say it and, like, making sure, like, it comes across as, like, sincere and, like, and so, like, sometimes I was, like, a little nervous to post things out there, but, like, it was always received so well and people were, like, thank you, like, for sharing this and, like, thank you for, like, opening my eyes about this and so I think it's huge that, like, people are using their platform to, um, like, for better good, basically. Yeah, and I'm just going off of what Joshua, Joshua said, um, always whenever we see a another another athlete especially like i feel like there's i feel like i would want to see the percentage of like um african-american like women distance runners and men because i feel like there's more men because like especially like um like what we're saying like with mario hall it's like bro like mm -hmm. i really feel like she's she is the only one and like i just feel like what's awesome about the black black culture in general it's like whenever we see one of ours in there you, you just got a speck in there you know like tiger woods we hype like you and golf mm -hmm. like, like let's go like let's go like even like mm -hmm. even even like tennis like serena serena venus it's like let's go to see that that excellence there because like you really yeah you don't realize like how much you can honestly inspire inspire the next person to do that and let them know that they're like not put into a box it's like yeah you can you can do what you can do whatever you want you could be a distance runner because like i got the same same things growing up doing distance running like oh you must be you must be african you know you you like whitewash you're hanging out with the white boys like mm -hmm. all, all of those like all of those little little like micro aggressions as we would say but I do always feel like in the end, even with what we're doing with two black runners, I just hope it opens opens doors for someone else to feel like inspired to talk and use their voice and not feel like weird or awkward about it. And then I also want to bring up the point of just like during this time of civil unrest, definitely for NCAA athletes, 
we've seen a lot of like black NCAA athletes like really stand up and like have signs for social justice, social injustice. And now like coaches in the NCAA are doing like the same thing or leading their team. Like other day, Nick Saban went on like a march with his Alabama football team. And then Infinite Tucker uh, from Texas A&M, he was like at the head of like bringing down, like trying to bring down like a person that was part of a Confederate, of a, a, a person that was part of like the Confederate army that founded Texas A&M. And that man runs 400 meter hurdles. You, probably, you guys probably seen him dive across the line at the SEC championships. We're trying to get team. him on the show for a minute though. Hopefully <laughs> back in, I've been in with him back in 2018 but just seeing all of that and i know there's another football player that said that he wouldn't play for mississippi state unless they like mississippi changed their flag like seeing ncaa athletes doing something like that like how has that how do you feel like the ncaa may change in the future where we see like more ncaa athletes like demanding things or just like the nba like demanding social injustice and everything like that and trying and really Really, NCAA athletes like trying to like stand for each other. I, I, and like even the United, we stand with the uh, with the Pac-12 and everything like that. How do you feel like the NCAA may change in the near future? I think everything will change as much as we want it to change. I realized like from the past few months that like they always said like student athletes we have the power, but I think definitely now I realize like how much power we do have and how much leverage we have. Because I know at Texas. They said they weren't going to have, like, they weren't going to do certain recruiting things unless, like, some things got changed. Like, um, I think, like, say, like, ticket sales, like, a percent go to, like, Black Lives Matter or, like, um, change the eyes of Texas, which they didn't do. But they just, like, made, a like, a list of things that they want done. And, like, I know they're having discussions about doing, like, a lot of the things on the list. And so I'm just definitely here for everyone, like, voicing their opinions and, like, making change for things that they don't like. And so um, – yeah, we definitely have the power. And as far as like the NCAA goes, I don't know exactly what rules they all want to change, but I think for sure that like whatever us student athletes put our, our minds to, like it definitely can be done because um, us, the athletes, bring in a lot of money to the NCAA. And so if we want to see people compete at the highest level, you're going to have to like, you know, have some exchanges, compromises made for sure. Yeah, especially I think that um, especially with like, you know, like those big sports too. like athletes are realizing how important they are to the school because it's like, damn, like it's a whole ass. I mean, it's a it's a whole pandemic and y'all still trying to make us, you know, go out here. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. wait, so like what what are y'all going to do for us, though, if we're going to go out here? You know, Mm -hmm. like you're just going to let me get sick because you because you think Mm -hmm. I'm going to survive. So and it's just like. You know, I think people are just coming to the realization that it's like, yo, like we do have value to the school. That's why that's why they want us here. That's why they want us doing all these things. So I definitely think things are going to change. I mean, the world is just changing so much right now. So we'll definitely see things um, a little bit different in the future. Most definitely, most definitely. And I feel like hopefully there's someone listening to that right now that can really like benefit from all of this. Because I feel like. There's definitely a lot of things said that someone could really benefit from your story and the advice that you give you. Because honest, like you've been Destiny, she's been through some things. When you really think about it, she's been through some things. She's been around the block, so we really do appreciate it. And we just want to get some to some closeout questions before we get you out of here real quick. 
And the first thing I really want to ask you, like, have there been any recent books or a Netflix series or some music that you would like to recommend to the audience right now that you're listening to or watching or reading? Ooh, okay. So, uh, let's see. Movies? I can't. I'm going to skip movies. But shows? I've been, like, all over the place for shows, but mainly, like, older stuff. Like, I finally watched How to Get Out of Murder. What the heck? That's a really good show. Everyone should watch it. But then also, I just restarted watching Moesha and the game. Classic, Bruh, man. Just I was watching Moesha. Moesha's funny. The game is my, the game is my Right? Oh. So, definitely recommend that for sure. Um, and, yeah, those are my recommendations. Oh, music? Ooh. Um... Okay, for me, I go through phases where, like, when I listen to music, I will listen to a song or an album, like, on repeat until I get sick of it. And so, right now, I just got put on to, like, I I hope I don't say this wrong, like, Giveon, I think. I've been listening to him. I really like him. And then that new Flo Millie album, whoa. She she goes hard. She's pretty good. So, I think those are my favorites right now. Giveon's in... Giveon's in that Drake song, that new. That's the that's the only uh-huh, song Chicago I like from Freestyle. this album. Yeah, that's the only song I liked from that album, and I listened to some of his stuff. He's you didn't like Desire? No, I did not like that album at all. To be honest. <gasps> I really did not. The Scorp- was it? What is it called? I don't even know. Uh, Lost tapes. Honest, it's garbage. I'm sorry. That's the first Drake album. <laughs> that's the first, demo tape. That's, that's the first Drake album I didn't like. To be honest, I was like, dang, Drake. I'm not gonna lie. Back, yeah, I haven't really. I don't. I don't really be listening to Drake like that. But mm-hmm. I'm a Kendrick. I'm a Kendrick guy. I'm a Kendrick, Kendrick guy. guy. Okay, that's fair. But oh, but then that new song. I also party. say, sister, sister though just came on Netflix. I think I'm about to start being watching that. To be honest, oh, when are they gonna get the Proud Family though? That. Oh, it's on Disney Plus though. Proud Family on Disney Plus. Oh, and that's a Raven. I've been watching that's a Raven on Disney Plus too. Classic, just that classic. Is class. Do they got Corey on the house on there? No, bro. I was looking for that the other <laughs> month, bro. That's so <laughs> really funny. Was. That's so funny. Damn, they used to have all the shows on Disney, low key. Right? Disney used to go hard. For real though. <laughs> um, another question we had us. Oh, who do you think we should have on the next podcast? That's a really good question. I was like really thinking about this one because I was like, shoot, like, I don't really know. But when you said Infinite Tucker, I think you should have him on the show for sure. I, I'm like kind of friends with him. So I'll, I'll hit him up and make sure that like y'all can get him on the show because I think he'll have some really good things to say for sure about the civil unrest and oh, like his experience yeah. being at AM. I think it'd be great for your show. Yeah, I, I tried hitting him up. I think he, I know, I think he did respond one time, but like, you know, we were like, bro, this dude on the front lines, like, yeah. he, yeah, he got, he got in. things to do. He got things to do. Cause, yeah, he was, I can't believe, man. I want to talk to him. Cause I was like, this man really, this guy really called him Blackie, bro. I was like, what? Yeah. Dude, I seen that. I was like, that, yeah, that okay. video is crazy. That is crazy. I was like, what the? Or That's you weird. should hit up um, my friend Obsa. He used to run at Minnesota. Now he oh. runs for um. Oh my gosh! Is it is it Asics? No. Is it Asics or is it Brooks? I can't. Oh my gosh! I'm going. I'm having a brain fart. One of the two. Either way, he's a great guy. 
and he was like in the front lines in like Minnesota when everything was going on with George Floyd and like I think he'd have a really good um, story to tell for sure. We got to talk to him briefly at uh, Sunset Tours. We were like on like the Zoom media zone. And yeah, uh-huh. I, looked him, I looked him up before and I was like, oh, like this dude, that's on his Instagram. He had like some stuff on there. And I looked him up. I was like, oh, this guy is from like Minnesota. He's raised mm-hmm. in Minnesota. And I could see by, I don't even, I think he was private. And I could just, he said something like Black Lives Matter. In there, and I was like, oh, I got to ask him. And he was like telling us, telling me about how like he lives like right like near like where George Floyd died and like how it's just crazy out there. But yeah, he was super cool. I, me and Josh have actually been thinking about getting him on the show too. Yeah, hit him up. You gotta make it happen, you gotta make it happen. And then uh, another question we wanted to ask, I know you already kind of mentioned it, but like once everything's all said and done and like track, like what do you wanna, what do you wanna do when, when running's all over? Yeah, so if everything went perfectly, I'd love to have like a little pro career and then I'm getting my master's to be like a speech language pathologist. So I definitely want to do that for a little bit too. But also my mom keeps bringing up like, Destiny, do you want to coach? I'm like, shoot, I don't know. The more I think about it, it'd be kind of cool, but I don't know. We'll see. But for sure, um, hopefully I can be a speech language pathologist for a little bit. Hopefully working with some little kids, little babies and stuff. So that's what I'm Do you think, um, so you've been in Texas for a minute now. Are, are, Are you Texas or California? What do you like better? Yeah, so don't get me wrong. I love my hometown, Temecula. Well, not Texas, Temecula, but I love California. The weather's hard to beat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. great, but it's also really expensive. Like, yeah. everything's expensive. And so um, all my family is from Texas. Like, my dad's side of the family, aunts, uncles, cousins, all that mm-hmm. good stuff. And so, um, and I mean, I've enjoyed my time here the past four years now, so... I don't know if I ever make my way back out to the West, but we'll see. We'll see. And you're about to be there for six years. Texas, yeah, yeah. Texas <laughs> forever. It might be. It might be. <laughs> then we got last more. One more question before we get out of here. When your running career is all said and done, like what mark do you want to leave on the sport? What do you want people to remember the Destiny Collins by? Um, I think just a person that always put their best foot forward, was a good competitor, good person, um, and hopefully just an inspiration, whether that's just because of how I race or how I carry myself or just being a nice person. I just want to be someone that they know was like a good worker, I mean, good hard worker and just love the sport. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I, I can see that. Through this podcast, definitely you being a good person. One being a competitor to that story, you running six oh six as a middle school all nonchalant. <laughs> that that really surprised me, took me off guard. But yeah, it's it was really great having you on the podcast, Destiny. We really do appreciate it. Aaron, do you have anything else you want to say before we sign out? Just want to say thank you again, Destiny, for coming on, gracing us with your presence, and shout out to everyone listening right now. Because if you listen this far into the podcast, you truly are a day one true homie. And we appreciate you guys so much. And we just want to come on here every week and just provide you guys with some perspective and some value. And thankfully, we had Destiny on today and she was able to do that, do that with us. So without further ado, Joshua, send us off. 
But thank you so much, Destiny. We really do appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. You're part of the Runner Report family now. If anybody want to come mess with you, you got two black distance runners that got your back. We 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 may be skinny, but we can fight. We can fight. Come on. We got hands. We got hands, though. <laughs> we got hands. Thank you so much. Thank you.